Euphoria. Welcome back, my friends, <laughs> <laughs> to the In Obscuria podcast, a podcast where we exhume obscure rock and punk and metal, and we put them in one of three categories, the lost, the forgotten, or the should-have-beens. I'm Kevin Williams, that was Ronnie James D.O.G., and that's Robert Harrison. Are we going to pay him now? I think he's, he's going to have to start doing all the intros. He's on staff, yeah. If we can get that recorded, then he can just screw around the rest of the show i saw him over there fluffing and doing his routine and yeah. i thought well if i hold it out long enough maybe he'll bark for us and he did he looked at you like uh oh like, i'm on <laughs> i'm on it's my and turn he, and he ran over to the microphone he's like okay ready and i pointed at him and he barked on cue that's about the there only you go. thing i've got him trained to do <laughs> it only took 190 episodes <laughs> finally you've got him trained finally yeah next time i'm bringing some treats and then we can just get him to do the rest of the show well i have to take a breath because yeah. that took a lot that out was, of me i can tell you're winded <laughs> so i'm just gonna let you speak what's going on with robert this week uh well you saw the kitchen and i mean do we need to even tease or you know just mess around we, should we just go no, straight to we what just, need to just happened a few minutes ago it right now just hit, it. just hit it get it out of the way hit no it, denying quit it. no denying what you just tasted the balls in my mouth that's right musketeers it's time to get your grub on with the chef they can give it to your funky style. Robert's on. Yeah. Gardner eats it. Right now, Robert's. Good listen to your soul. Gardner eats it. Wow. Thank you mucho, hombre. All right. So that was an experience, wasn't it? Is that it the first was. time you've had your balls in my mouth? It was the other way around. <laughs> oh, oops. <laughs> I was setting that up. I practiced that in my head the whole intro. While you're playing that intro, I was practicing that and I still fucked it up. Yeah. Is that the I, first time you've had my balls in your mouth? Because we're not going to talk about the other way, right? I don't know about the other there was, way. There were some band trips we're not going to talk about. This is definitely the first time for the latter. You had those. my balls in your mouth. Yes, I did. Yes. There were uh, one baked ball yeah. and one fried ball. Right. So I've been neglecting the audience, our listeners, for weeks now. I have not provided any entertainment in the culinary department. Mm-hmm. I've not. I've nope. just been eating regular meals or eating out. It's not been very exciting around here. I've been busy heating up things yeah. from the freezer. That's that's yeah. not what our listeners deserve. Nobody wants to talk about they even if they're good the first time. Get your pencils out right now, yeah. listeners. It is time. It is time for. Let me lay something on you tonight. So I went to a restaurant. They had something called salmon croquettes. Croquettes. Croquettes or croquettes or something like that. And it was because it sounded French, they charged like another $9 on top of what it should have been. I don't want to talk to you no more, you empty-headed animal food trough whopper. I fart in your gender direction. Your mother was a hamster and your father smelt of elderberries. Now go away or I shall taunt you a second time. 
<laughs> and I saw that and went, no way, I can make that for like $3. Came home, that's what I did. I made some salmon balls. Because they're not croquettes. They're just a ball. So they're salmon balls. So my balls tonight mm, were... What about your balls? They were consisted of fresh cooked salmon, not frozen, mm. fresh salmon. Bourbon From the glaze. Chattahoochee here in <laughs> Atlanta, Georgia. That, that's Chattahoochee brown trout. <laughs> it's a yeah. whole nother meal. Bourbon glaze and then... The mix, a little bit of onion, some barbecue rub. So put some rub on the balls. Mm. That was good. And then uh, you now did you lightly caress the balls? Yeah, you just kind of roll them around in your palm, the palm of your hand. Okay, but you don't want to warm them up too much before you just dunk your balls in the deep fry grease. True. Now, just to be fair, I did bake. I did shove my balls in the oven mm. and bake some, but you know, that doesn't always turn out as well. Deep fried is the way to go. If there's ever a question, deep fry it. Yeah. So I tried one of the baked balls Yeah, and it was a little flat. It got well, a little yeah. flattened out as it, as it yeah. baked. It's just there. It does not do well in the oven. So you got to just dunk your balls in that grease, man. Yeah. That's what you got to do. You got to dunk good. your balls. And I, I did have a side salad just you, to balance it out. Oh, how about that? Was yeah. it from the Garden of Eden? It was the Garden of Publix next door. <laughs> All right. Yes, yeah, so next. My garden, the Garden of Eaton, is between me and Publix, technically. So I just have to walk another 36 steps to get to that garden, which is a lot better stock than my garden these days. It's getting, it's the middle of summer. You know, everything's kind of eh. But yeah, so I actually did something I'm proud of. I will replicate that. I got to take it another step up. It was okay for the first try, but my balls can be better. Mm-hmm. We should always aspire for better balls. Yes, yeah, absolutely. I want my balls to be the best. And everybody, when they put my balls in their mouth, got it right. Mm-hmm. Yep. You got I want that right. A fantastic experience for them. Absolutely. And, you know, when I opened the door here in the Studio B, yes. I smelled the fry. Yeah. It, it's come all the way down it's the stairs. It's going to be a few days before I get rid of that. I have to open the windows. So I went upstairs and, you know, so I put one of your balls in my mouth and yeah. then I put a, I put two balls both in my mouth, both in my mouth. Yeah. Not at the same time. No, but, no, it's yeah. a little hot. They're too big. It's a little people can't, not many people can fit both in their mouth. It's, yeah. One at a time. It was hard yeah. to do that. Oh, yeah. wait. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Now, the other thing I saw were a bunch of fake blue crabs and mm-hmm. some fish, I don't know did what you, you know that, fish stuff around. Did you can get crabs from Amazon? I did not know that. I, I, packaging? I, you got to well, watch the packaging? Yeah, you got to watch that. So I made a beach. What the hell did you just say? You made a beach. I made a beach in the backyard. This is what happens when you have a tractor. I moved. No, I'm, I'm going to say probably not for most people. Oh, when oh, they have this, a tractor, they don't, they don't this do is this? not what happens. Oh, okay. This is what happens when I have okay. a tractor and right. I get bored. I moved 2,000 pounds of sand uh, into my backyard and created a beach. And so what you saw upstairs were some of the decorations to go in the beach. It's going to be the sandbar. So I'm going to build a tiki bar and <laughs> got some beach chairs. Amazon just delivered what? like $300 worth of absolute crap to my house today. <laughs> <laughs> like cheap beach looking crap, which is the crabs it and the fish and everything. Looks like else. the stuff you would see in a you know a mom and pop seafood oh, restaurant. Yeah, exactly. A horrible touristy seafood restaurant. That's exactly what I bought. So I got to make a sign. I'm open to names. I mean, the beach doesn't really have to have a name, but if, if you think of a beach. An obscure beach doesn't really just roll off the tongue. No, I don't think you can so use that. We'll, we'll talk about it. We'll come up with it. But this, the bar is going to be called the Sandbar, and I've got that a, licensing fee would, would be too much anyway. You wouldn't want to pay it. True, that bankrupt me. Mm. So yeah, that's that's. What's going on? I'm making salmon balls in the kitchen. I'm making a beach in the backyard. Now, at one point, you had like an alien gothic temple in the backyard. So is that still... That's still under construction. The aliens took the summer off. I see. Yeah. So so where's the beach? Down below that, in the the lower section. There's the upper 
backyard uh-huh. where the Gothic cathedral is. Yes. The lower backyard where the grass is. Now it's sand? Not the whole thing. Okay. But some of it is sand because no reason. I can't think of any reason why. I just did it. I wanted a beach. You're just killing your grass for no reason. Have you ever mowed grass? Hmm. I used to. Yeah. It's a pain in the ass. Mm, okay. So I'm All right. slowly having less grass to mow over the years. <laughs> if see. you've noticed that. And so this is the strategy. This is the strategy. Is eventually okay. I won't have that much grass to mow. And I can get one of those little robots that just drives around. Hmm. But my dog would destroy that robot right now. But as my dog gets older, maybe he'll chill out and not kill everything in the backyard. So between the Gothic cathedral... The alien Gothic Cathedral yes. and the mini firehouse yes. is a beach. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Well, that makes perfect sense. So there's going to be kind of an undersea adventure in the backyard at night. When the lights go down, there's going to be some lighting effects to make the grass look like it's water, like it's there's waves in the water. Instead of the little mermaid, are you going to have the mini mermaid? Mini tiny mermaid maybe she's tiny uh yeah i have to buy that now mm-hmm. but yeah i've got uh looks like some bamboo got some tiki looking stuff uh gotta make the bar um and then yeah we can go hang in the backyard and have uh beach drinks you gonna have a like a surfboard as the the bar top or something Ooh, now i am <laughs> thank you <laughs> all right longboard yeah I'm just, get a longboard yeah exactly it's still in the, it's still in the planning work so yeah we can right. get a, a longboard put it up there yeah there you and, go and uh, have a tiki bar I like it. So, yeah, that's the stupidity that's going on around here. When other people have to, you know, go to work and raise kids and stuff. This is what you do. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, after you make your own beach, go listen to Pot of Thunder, Cobras and Fire, Growing Up Rock, Slamfest Podcast, Decibel Geek, A to Z Radio, Metal Up Your Podcast, The Hustle, Disciples of the Watch, Podcast Rock City, Sean Geek and Fast Fret Podcast, who I think just celebrated 450 episodes. Good Lord. Or they're either coming up on it and they just celebrate. Okay, just is, shoot me if we get that many episodes. That's a wow. lot of episodes. I don't even know. I mean, good thing you guys are brothers. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's family, why, you have to stick it's together. It's harder, harder to fire each other. Wow. That's a lot. That is a congratulations. Congratulations on that. That takes dedication. I mean, we're still just kind of slacking at 190. And I sort of skipped over Cobras and Fire. A couple of weeks ago, they celebrated 300. We said something along the old interweb, but I didn't say anything here. So congratulations to Baco and Elsie for 300 episodes. We're the youngins on the block. Yeah, we are. All right. Go listen to State of America, Rock Strikes 10, Potter Than Hell, Podkiss, The Kiss Room, Ages of Rock, Retro Zest Podcast, The Synaptic Empire, and don't forget about Monty. Hey, 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 it's Monty. Monty's Rockcast. Come visit us in Obscuria.com. Like us, share us, recommend us, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I think we got a review, Robert. I what? think we got our quarterly review. Hold is on it, a second. Is it from my nephew? I Well, I, I how would I know that? I don't know. Like, hey, Joe, send us a review, man. Your family. All right. I am going on the old Apple podcast here. And yes, it's right here. Five little orange stars. And oh, it okay. says, great podcast. Keep up the great work. That's two two greats. That's two greats. In the same review. That's pretty good. Super great. That was from Andrew from the 603. No? Don't know Andrew. Well, maybe we do and we just don't know. From the 603? From the 603. Is that a podcast? Let's look it up. I'm assuming that's an area code, maybe. Oh. I don't know. Oh, the the 603. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. I don't know. Either way, thank you. But thank you very much. That's cool. That's, you know, we asked and we received. That's all you can really... Absolutely. That's all you can want. We get our bonus this quarter. We will get our bonus. That's right. We met it. Okay. So this week, an amazing, amazing event happened this past weekend, Robert. Really? My wife told me that she was taking both girls on school clothes shopping trip to the mall with her sisters and that I could stay home. Go! 
Oh. That's the best gift you've had in a minute or two. It's yeah, because everybody's been sick. I've been taking oh, care of everybody. Oh, on top of that, and, yes, and yeah. So, Doctor Kevin. Saturday, after I took them to their music lessons, they got in the car with mom. They left. They went shopping for the, all day Saturday, and then they even had dinner out with the girls. So you didn't so, see them till they came home, and they're, they I were wiped out. Late. So they probably came in and went straight to bed. I don't even know because I had a Kevin day. Oh, what is so, a Kevin day? Well, you know, I played some drums. Uh huh. Played the guitar a little bit. Yeah. I worked out, and then I started pouring vodka. So oh, uh oh. <laughs> Then I had another vodka soda. Uh-oh. Then I had a third vodka soda. And I was like, I didn't mm, get any drunk texts from you. Mm, I better start some dinner. I better. <laughs> I, I should probably eat. <laughs> Were you past being able to call Uber Eats? Oh, I did great. I, yeah. I cooked my own dinner. Yes, I did fine. I only burned myself twice. But what I started doing, because I couldn't really do anything else, is I started watching classic movies like from how my classic? youth. Okay, your youth. From, from my youth. From the 60s. So... I'm not that old. <laughs> Quite. <laughs> no, I'm talking mostly 80s. Oh, okay. Mostly mid-80s movies from that period. Meatballs. Oh, I saw some. That was from the 70s, dude. That was? I thought or maybe 80. But it was same 79, thing. 80. Yeah. Yeah, that's, it was still I didn't go back that far. Okay. But Breakfast it just, Club. Oh, yeah. I want to watch that again. Oh, yeah. So... I decided I'm going to carry that forward into this week's episode. Okay. It gave me the idea. So this is a first ever event, Robert. This is a <laughs> crossover. It's our first ever. <laughs> I like it. This is episode 190, Arcane Sounds from the Big Screen Covers from Beyond. What the hell did you just say? Okay. All right. So these are two series that we have ongoing series this is a crossover event covers from beyond covers from beyond and, and arcane, arcane sounds. sounds from the big screen oh. so we are combining two of my favorite series that the podcast does this is like when laverne and shirley appeared on happy days exactly right yeah these do exactly that. right or like when michael anthony hall was in every movie that i watched over the weekend yeah. so we're gonna play songs from soundtracks from our youth as interpreted by other artists Okay. All right. Okay. But we're going to have fun with this because I'm going to have you do a little guessing. I don't think it's going to be too hard. This is not a hard game. You know how well that goes. I know. From past experience. I know. But I think you'll get this one. So I'm going to play some short clips from the movie. Okay. Prior to playing the song and prior to telling you what the movie is. Get the brain juices going. See if you can figure out what this movie is. So let's just jump into it, see how you do here. And I, of course, picked some of my favorite scenes to sample here. So the first one, it's a film that I was absolutely obsessed with as a young teen, mainly because of the lead actress. So Ooh, there's... That's like 50 movies. I think if I mention her name, you're going to get it, so I'm not going to mention her name. Okay. And I'll just say she's the reason that I find women with a British accent so sexy to this day. So here's the clip. Good morning, turd brain. Hi, Jet. Okay, Rebecca. If you see a lion, let me know. You spit in this? Mm, not that I'm aware of, no. Hey, that looks pretty good. Now make yourself one. Dickweed. <laughs> like your panties. It's a joke, Jay. You know, it's all... That's not a joke. That is a severe behavioral disorder. 
Those are women's underpants. I mean, the next thing you know, you'll be wearing a bra on your head. Oh, the old man's gonna have a stroke on this one for sure. All right, Chet, how much? How much? Oh, this goes way beyond payment, pal. Come on, Chet, please. Well, your VCR should cover it for openers. For Christ's sakes, will you cover yourself? Weird science. You got it. You got it. Danny Elfman, what a great soundtrack. Oh, yeah. One good boy. Score, I should say. Yeah, yeah. Kelly LeBrock. Kelly LeBrock. I do, it's either that or Elizabeth Hurley. Mm. Either way, yes, I agree. Yes, on both. Yes. This sheltered young man from Northwest Florida that probably had never heard a British accent. Yeah. <laughs> Kelly LeBrock, she still has a special place in my groin. I mean, heart. Yes. Same thing. Yes, and I love Bill Paxton's Chet. I mean, mm-hmm. perfect role for him. Oh, God, it's such a dumb but fantastic movie. Did you go see Weird Science in the theater, or did you catch it on a cable? No, it's cable. Yeah, me too. Cable. I didn't see it in the theater, unfortunately. Was it 85? Came out 84? August no. of 85. 85, okay. Yep. Yeah, I was, I was just at the point of getting a learner's permit, so I wasn't able to drive. So we were not anywhere close to a theater. So once I got my driver's license, I tended to see a lot more movies in the theater. Yeah, and Weird Science was another movie at that time featuring Anthony Michael Hall. He was like the darling of those God, teen movies in, the, Molly in the 80s. Him and Molly Ringwald. But this was actually his last one before he decided to try to do other things. And he went and became a cast member on SNL. Do you remember this? Yes, I do. For like a season or two. Yeah. He never quite caught on, and after that, he never got back to the level of his movie appearances. Yeah. He was he was in other movies, but he never got to that level of Sixteen Candles, Breakfast Club, Weird mm-hmm. Science. That was kind of it for him. But he was in other films, and he's still an actor to this day, but it's never to that level. It's always kind of a cameo. Mm-hmm. It's him playing himself. Yeah, him being the dorky guy from yeah. Sixteen Candles, Weird Science. Yep. Now, you already mentioned it. The soundtrack included the title track from Oingo Boingo. We're going to hear a different version of this tune right now because this is covers from beyond. Mm-hmm. This is from a guy named Leo. Leo Kaki? Leo, Leo Sayer? Moraccioli. Oh, okay. He, I think I'm saying it right. It sounds like an Italian name, but he no, is a he, Norwegian really? metal musician. I think you're just stereotyping there. Well, anyway, he's from Norway. I should be playing Mork, 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 but I'm not going to. That's, no. We're not going there today. Yes, he's a musician and producer based in Norway, and he's known for doing metal covers of popular songs, and they've gained him over four and a half million followers on YouTube. And all of these songs are also on streaming services. They're, you can download them. What does four million followers get you monetarily? What do you think? Just that. Not anything else, but you got four million followers on YouTube. Does that equal thousand bucks a month, 10,000 bucks a month? I could I not no tell idea. you. No idea. I'm just curious. Not that I'm ever going to have that, but it'd be nice to just... We're just shy it. of that. Yeah. We're, we're, so we don't know yet. I think we've got 12. Yeah. 12. Just a dozen. 12. Yeah. <laughs> just one dozen. <laughs> right. That's... That's a brownie. We get a brownie every six months. That's it. Now, this guy's recorded over 400 covers, about one per week. And sometimes he tours and plays with his band Frog Leap. Okay. Well, this I've got respect that he attempted this. We'll see what the outcome is, but that's not an easy song to play. I mean, anything Danny Elfman is going to be challenging yeah, symphonically. It's, it's going to be a little different. Busy. Yeah. So here's Leo's version of Weird Science. 
From my heart and from my hand Why don't people understand my intention? And pans, bits and pieces, and the magic from the hand we're making. Weird science, things I've never seen before. Behind bolted doors, talent and imagination. Weird science, not what teachers said to do. Making things come through, living tissue, warm flesh. Weird science, plastic cubes and pots and pans, bits and pieces, and bits and pieces, and my creation. Is it real? Where's my creation? Whoa! My creation! It's my creation! off for attempting that uh, for the most part i think he pulled it off the middle section with the dude from corn <laughs> i was gonna say jonathan davis jonathan davis up. that guy yeah <laughs> he can <laughs> shove some balls in his mouth <laughs> shut him up for a minute
Dude, you are having an epileptic fit. Let me just <laughs> shove this in your mouth to shut you up. I like corn. I've seen him a couple of times. I, I, I dig him. I don't. But yeah, try, he's one of these guys that does everything himself, right? So he's sitting yeah. there just knocking it all out. But then playing that live, that's got to be a little bit more of a challenge. There's a lot going on that you've got to have some pretty tight musicians to pull that off. The only thing that was missing, though, instead of the... Yeah. was a badass guitar lead, which is what it really needed. I would have rather it yeah. had that instead of the... Instead of the Beavis. Waka waka. The Beavisness. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, hats off for trying it because I couldn't do it. It rocked. It I mean, was, it was, yeah, I mean, that was my introduction to Oingo Boingo. I'd never heard of them before that movie. And you know, I think later it was on, mine as well. Yeah. You, then you would hear Dead Man's, Dead party, Man's party every Halloween. And then kind of then Simpsons came out in 89. Yeah. Well, I remember, I, yeah, I guess it was The Simpsons and then the Batman movie, oh, Batman 89. Yes. That was his stuff. So it was in the background, but that Batman came out. Oh, man. Was that 88? That was 89. 89 also. I had that score, I actually. That. I had that on CD. I've never day. gotten into any other Batman movies, but that first one, it was dark. Mm-hmm. I love that one. That was cool. So anyway, yeah, that whole weirdness to that, that it gave that soundtrack a, a nice weirdness well next time we do this we'll next time we have our little crossover yeah. i'll see if i can find a bat dance cover and we'll go there <laughs> dance off now once prince started doing the stuff well that was pr- well prince, prince did like the pop soundtrack right and bat dance was on that but the score was danny elfman right okay yeah that's right but anyway moving on from weird science next is a movie that we've actually talked about before and we've played a song on in arcane sounds in fact the very first arcane sounds episode we did episode 53 we played one of the songs from this film so i'm kind of cheating because i'm going back to it again but it's it's a movie that captured the mystery and mystique of rock and roll for me at a young age i saw this in 1983 at the theater with my dad. See, there was no chance of me seeing movies like that with my dad. Well, my dad saw the, I guess the trailer for it. Mm. Must have been on a TV commercial, but, and it was about something that he liked because he liked old rock and roll. Yeah. And that's kind of what this is about. I think you'll get it pretty straightforward in this clip, but I'm going to play it anyway. The innocence of the 50s was over and so was rock and roll as we knew it. We were entering a new age An age of confusion, an age of passion, of commitment. Eddie Wilson saw it coming. Season in Hell is a total innovation for its time. It was a signal of greatness yet to come. Eddie Wilson was a step ahead of us, and I don't think we've caught up with him yet. Eddie's been dead for almost 18 years. But his music is as alive today as the day he recorded it. For me, and for everyone who listens to music, Eddie Wilson lives, and always will. Okay, obviously, pretty yeah. clear that's Eddie and the Cruisers. Yes. But, man, that movie just captured, for me, at a young age, just that that rock and roll was kind of cool mm-hmm. and you know, mysterious, and it, it really kind of was the thing that started for me as far as thinking about bands and not just 
it being music or something in the background. Like yeah. that's that was a story about a band, about a guy who had a vision, wrote his own songs, and I don't know. The struggle was real, and I don't know. Well, for, it, it made to, sense to me. Up until that point, you probably like me looked at bands, and they were just up on this huge pedestal. They were yeah. not humans. They were, you know Led Zeppelins. Like these are they gods. were like uh, you saw a human they looked like being superheroes there. to me. In fact, they wore capes. really big platform shoes yeah, and capes, superhero and, wigs, and, and was, superhero makeup. No, I'm thinking about a different band. I'm thinking about uh. Superhero leotards. Uh, Onesies. There's your Kiss connection with K number one. Yeah, of course. I knew of Kiss. I was drawing pictures of them, but yeah, this was different. This was a a human being, garage rock kind of band that came from nothing and became something. And then I don't know. It just got me. I know looking back on it now, if you were to watch it, it's probably not quite the same Mm -hmm. feeling. But it's you know, it's where it started. Well, it gave us the song that I thought was Bruce Springsteen for about twenty years. Mm -hmm. You never really realized it wasn't Bruce Springsteen. Now, did you see Eddie and the Cruisers in the theater? No, I've never seen it. You've never seen it. Never seen it. Well, you should go on YouTube and check it out. I think I need to. That meatballs and uh, you've never seen meatballs. No, we talked about this. Remember? Why am I having to remind you of stuff? What is kind of weird upside down world are we in? Wait, wait, wait! You just told me before you never saw meatballs. We had an episode on this. We talked about meatballs. Yes, it was up a creek. Oh, that was a mixed up. Oh, that's a different. (laughs) See, I thought something was weird about this. I'm like, why am I remembering something you're not? Well, it's because once again, I'm wrong. You're remembering it incorrectly. Yeah, I'm just wrong. Okay. I'm just wrong. That's it. <laughs> you, you don't have to sugarcoat it. I'm an idiot. Okay. Um, you saw the brain trauma. You sold meatballs, though. No, I just, I've seen that on cable. But, but when I say I've seen it, I've probably seen like 45 minutes of it. I don't remember sitting through it from beginning to end because okay. it was. Well, one that's of another one you need to go like, see. Is, uh, okay. It's a masterpiece. It's of, Caddyshack, uh, but with you know canoes, yeah, camp, whatever. There's, it's just, yeah. yeah, yeah. Bill Murray, that means. Fantastic in it. Yeah. He is fantastic in it. Anyway, back to Eddie and the Cruiser. So you didn't see Wow, you've never seen it. You need to go check this movie okay. out. Okay. And I don't know. I, I don't want to spoil it for you. Yeah. But he may not be dead. Oh. oh. I'm just saying. You know what? Bruce Springsteen is alive too. Isn't that cool? What? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. Shut up. Okay. I don't um, even know where you're going with that. I don't know. But I'm going to play probably the song you thought was Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> yeah. But I'm going to play somebody covering it. Now, the guy that's covering it that we're going to listen to here is not obscure at all. This guy's a multi-platinum selling artist. Is he alive? He is alive. Oh, okay. okay. And he usually is the lead singer in a band that wears coveralls and masks. Coveralls and masks? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yes. The, the Jason Voorhees somebody, ensemble. Somebody that I would never, ever expect to cover this song, which is why I'm playing oh, it, because okay. I think it's this is a bands. very bizarre song for this Hello, artist. Darkness, my old so friend. listen to Corey Taylor from mm-hmm. Slipknot singing on the dark side. Dark side's coming now, nothing is real She'll never know just how I feel From out of the shadow she walks like a dream Made me feel crazy, made me feel so mean And nothing gonna save you from a love that's blind Slip through the dark side, cross that
respectful tribute to that song he did that very well the guitar is being a little more mo- it was just a modernization of that song which shows you how good of a song that is because he didn't have to change it that much it to make it really modern and, and cool sounding totally faithful to the original yes with the exception of they replaced the sax solo with a guitar and lead I'm, and it was really cool i'm okay with that and he was doing his voice that i like He's got several different bands. How many bands is he in? I think at least three. Yeah, because he does a solo thing. He does what was that other one? I I can't. I don't listen to it. I do know Slipknot. Yeah, and I don't. I'm not a big fan of Slipknot. It's not that I. I don't hate them. I just like yeah. And but his other projects, there's been some. I don't know what the other band that he does more this style singing. Mm -hmm. Where to me that catches me because Stone Sour. Stone Sour. So it picks up where. You know, I can sing along to it. Not well. Nobody cares because I'm in my car or something. But I can sing along <laughs> with it. And I can't do the slipknot and the other screaming and guttural vomiting sounds that, you know, so it just turns me off. But this kind of stuff is like, oh, okay, I can sing along with this. It's fun. Yeah, I, I like slipknot okay. I never got into Stone Sour at all, which is why I couldn't pull their name there for a second. Yeah. But his couple of solo releases that he's put out, pretty damn good. Like, yeah. I really like it. It shows his talent. and. This guy's got an amazing voice. And I think I was getting him confused before you played the song with Disturbed. I was thinking of Sound of Silence. I don't know the guy's name, but I think he's the one that did the cover of Sound of Silence, which that <laughs> badass. You like it? That, oh, yeah. yeah. That voice, the amazing voice. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's all right. Not bad. Maybe. I don't know. Not really. So, the next movie is one that you've already referenced. This was a required watch in the 1980s. You had to watch this movie at some point Mm -hmm. in order for you to progress to the 90s. They wouldn't let you out of the decade until you watched this movie. That's the way I remember it. It was like home ec. You Mm -hmm. learn how to make a cheese biscuit and then move on. No, I didn't see this until it was on cable, but I've probably seen it 50, 60 times since it came out in February of 1985. Mm -hmm. So, let's play a little clip. Andrew Clark, get up here. Come on, front and center. Let's go. Hey, how come Andrew gets to get up? That's right. If he gets up, we'll all get up. It'll be anarchy. Okay, watch, watch the magazine. It's, it's out of my hands. That's very clever, sir. But what if there's a fire? I think violating fire codes and endangering the lives of children would be unwise at this juncture in your career, sir. All right, what are you doing with this? What are you doing with it? Get this out of here, for God's sake. What's the matter with you? Come on! Well, you know the school comes equipped with fire exits at either end of the library. Show Dick some respect. Let's go. Go, get back in your seat. I expected a little more from a varsity letterman. You're not fooling anybody, Bender. The next screw that falls out is going to be you. 
What was that? Eat my shorts. You just bought yourself another Saturday, mister. Oh, crushed. You just bought one more right there. Well, I'm free the Saturday after that. Beyond that, I'm going to have to check my calendar. Good, because it's going to be filled. We'll keep going. You want another one? Say the word. Just say the word. Instead of going to prison, you'll come here. Are you through? No. I'm doing society a favor. So? That's another one right now. I've got you for the rest of your natural-born life if you don't watch your step. You want another one? Yes. You got it. You got another one right there. That's another one, pal. Cut it out. You through? Not even close, bud. Good. You got one more right there. You really think I give a shit? Another. You through? How many is that? That seven and clean one when we first came in, you asked Mr. Vernon here whether Barry Manilow knew that he raided his closet. Now it's eight. You stay out of it. Excuse me, sir, it's seven. <laughs> Shut up, Pee-wee. <laughs> You're mine, Bender. For two months, I got you. I got you. Classic. That. Absolute classic. That's and I, I caught a little bit it. of that on Saturday. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That that's there goes my week. Thanks. I don't usually sit around. That's wintertime activity. Now in the middle of the summer when I'm supposed to be building beaches and cooking my balls, I'm really watching movies. <laughs> Damn it. That's the best ball cooking watch you could put on, I think. That, is, that movie though, it I mean to be cliche and corny, it hit me right in the middle of my sophomore year, which was my first year of high school. That's how mine for, was for too. Us. In tenth grade for so me, it was that was high first school. year of high school and it was great. You know, there's some people your first year of school, it's rough, you're getting used to the place. For some reason I had an easy time. You ran the joint, didn't I ran, you? I ran the joint. Well, I literally I ran around the school the first day. Everybody knew me. We've told this story about <laughs> Keith Bailey trying to kill me. But yeah, I, I knew some people already because you know my classmates. We all got you know moved to the same school. But yeah, I had a great time that year. It was very low responsibility. It was the next year that was fun, and then the fun kind of dwindled after a certain incident with me and the local law enforcement. It became well, a, little, that a little more of a challenge than uh, yeah. So you, yeah, that sophomore you had year something in common with the Judd. Yes, I I turned into him accidentally. <laughs> uh, I started off as the weirdo guy. I mean, not the, the nerd, the nerd, the Anthony, Anthony Michael Hall. Uh, yeah, I started character. off as him. Yeah. Without the athletic skills. Yeah, I was never the Emilio Estevez no, character. I no. was I was probably somewhere between the Anthony Michael Hall and the Judd Nelson. Yeah, exactly. I wasn't the athlete and I was just the goofball, but at least that year I was well liked. So that was fun. And, but seriously, that movie was pivotal. It was one of those moments of growing up, you just starting to grow up. And it, I remember watching it at home on cable, up, thank, you know, nobody's there and just having those yep. really deep thoughts like, wow, this, yeah, I feel that. My sister, three years older than me, so this hit her the same thing, you know, the same time where she's already in high school. I was still in middle school. Yeah when this came out and when I saw it for the first time but my sister absolutely loved this film and of course anytime it was on HBO we would watch it yeah. if the parents weren't home of course and I remember going into the movie thinking oh yeah I, Molly Ringwald I got a crush on her you know by the end of the movie Ali Sheedy Ali I was like huh I, that's even with weird. her dangerous scene dangerous I'm like yeah <laughs> I, I got some head and shoulders I can take care of that problem right there <laughs> we but can fix that she was putting like lucky charms on a sandwich or something like that <laughs> 
the weird goth girl. I'm like the goth girl. Even back See? then, like, it took a few you more years. Know. No, I'm saying I, I wasn't aware of these feelings. It was just like, what is this feeling? I like this weird goth girl. <laughs> Who knew? Now the soundtrack was a classic as well, and the song that we're going to play was one of the biggest songs. Well, it was the biggest song yeah, on the soundtrack. Was huge. It was originally by Simple Minds, mm-hmm. and I thought about playing a cover by Mr. Billy Idol. If you've ever heard Billy Idol sing oh. Don't You Forget About Me, it's awesome. In fact, it almost sounds like the song was made for him rather than Simple Minds. I'm singing it in my head now. Yeah, it's perfect for his, the you know, timbre of his voice the, and everything. The it's snarl. Just, yeah, it's just great. But I decided not to play that because that's universal. Oh, we can't, sh- can't say that. They'll, they'll find us. Yeah, nobody tell them. Nobody tell so them. I'm going to play this cover version from a guy that I have uh, toured with quite a few times played a lot of shows with this guy my band the swear has opened for david cook who's a guy who won american idol season seven he's got some skills he guy can sing his ass off yeah. his band is good you know it's it's pop music but it's rock at the same time he has a rock background i don't take anything away from him being on american idol i mean he won yeah you know like that's pretty damn cool he's got platinum albums because of it you know but would i have gravitated towards his music if I didn't know him and play shows with him. Maybe not. Yeah. I don't know. Might not have been But I really respect the guy, and I found a cover version that he did. He went back on season 10 for some reason, for some- Reunion. Say hi. See how everybody's doing. And he recorded this song as a single. I don't really know why, but it's out there. And so I grabbed it, and it's pretty damn good. So here's a version of David Cook doing Don't You Forget About Me. It 
Judd Nelson with my fist in the air. <laughs> That's a great song. I mean, a well-written song. It stands up to this day to me. Yeah. Uh, it's also around the time where TV shows like Miami Vice, because I can't, you're, that's my way of, you know, doing the kiss thing. Uh, I'm six degrees of Miami Vice, whatever I talk about stuff. <laughs> Got to work that into the show. Don Johnson. Johnson. They were really starting to get into having the soundtrack as actually part of the show versus the show and then the soundtrack over here. And yeah, movies no, were the was, same way for was, a long time. It was like another character giving you emotion, providing yeah. the montage. Instead of just kind of canned background music, they were playing popular songs. And this was one of those situations where that movie was this John Hughes I believe Breakfast Club is a John yeah, Hughes so all, I think so John Hughes movies and all the others you know really relied on do you want me to get the staff to staff, look that yeah. up hey look it up card catalog please. come on Ca- go to the card catalog but anyway they were really using the, the actual songs in the movie 16 Candles Pretty in Pink God, all of those movies it really made the movie something special to me That having that connection with the music and the movie at the same time so i that's a special place in that in my heart for that song. But as far as David goes, he's got the baritone voice that he could have done some good goth rock, I think. I think he needs to try that. No one's sending him a message. <laughs> I'll let him know. Just let him know. Yeah, he kind of, um, 
he kind of got pigeonholed, obviously, yeah. into his pop thing. But he always tried to bring, like, even if you go back and, and see the songs that he was covering on that episode or mm-hmm. on that season that he did, because I was just kind of looking it up and saying, what did he actually have to sing to win this thing? Yeah. He was doing a lot of interpretations of little edgier rock stuff than maybe some of the standard soul songs or R&B. Or, looked to me like he picked wisely. Yeah within the range of rock that he likes to sing. Well, there, and there's some of them that go for more of that country bent to a lot right. of songs because yeah, that's yeah, yeah. the angle they're going for. Has our team come back to us yet? No. This? No. They're on break. Union break. Surprise, motherfucker. It is a John Hughes. I just got the card. It okay. is a John Hughes joint. Okay. Yes. So that's what I thought. And all of the, any of his movies, I've, I've loved probably. I, I can't think of any that I hated. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. God, that was a good movie. But did they need to look that one up? Yeah, I think I, so. Oh. I think that was John Hughes too, but I'm not sure. Card catalog, get it back out. What was his what was his girlfriend's name again? And Ferris Bueller's Day Off? I can't believe I spaced on that. It's not Simone. I think it might be. Oh my God. Mm. That hot tub scene. Turn that negligence. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Me at fifteen years old. Yeah. Just a bucket of hormones raging. Yeah. <laughs> Swing. Robert, why are your socks missing? <laughs> Dog stole them. <laughs> Damn dogsons coming here stealing socks. <laughs> I keep finding one wadded up in the corner of the room. I don't know why. That's the dog. It's totally the dog. We had two dogsons. I had two dogs to blame it on. And a cat. It was the cat. Cat was playing with a sock. It just threw it over there behind the bed. Ooh, it's crusty. <laughs> that never, never happened. Thank you. <laughs> Not once. All right, let's uh, keep moving here. Yeah, I think David did a good job with that song. I mean, it's pretty true to the original. It didn't yeah. add a lot to it, maybe a little bit at the end. I kind of miss the keyboards like it. in it. Usually I'm the other way around, where I want some heavy guitars, but that one song, it's that the keyboards make that song, obviously. So Yeah, I, I, they were a little lighter in his version yeah, of it. They were there. They were there. Okay, the next one may be the only one where, I don't know if you're going to know this movie or not. This is definitely a B, perhaps even C movie Ooh, in the 80s. Working it down. And in the 80s, there were tons of movies that were pandering to whatever was popular with the old kids at that time. Yeah. So they'd make a, a movie about Masters of the Universe because every kid had a He-Man doll. And they made this horrible movie with Dolph Lundgren. I don't know if you're no, I was this. too old. You were for that. you were beyond all yeah. that. But they were making movies based on selling toys because Teenage Star Wars, Mutant Ninja Turtles. I think that was nineties. Oh, but yeah, same, yeah, same 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 concept. Yeah. But Star Wars had opened up the world of selling toys yeah. with movies, and so then they were actually making movies to sell the toys. And I think they missed an opportunity, and they didn't do an evil Knievel movie. I would have bought that. They did have an evil Knievel movie. What? It was like a the story of his life or something. No. Well, I mean, yeah, that's a documentary, but I'm talking no, no, like it was it was a like a superhero, evil Knievel. Oh, I see what like, you're saying. Fictionalized. Yeah, that, I have to dig that up. I think there was an evil Knievel movie in oh. the late '70s, I believe, or maybe early '80s. Damn it, there's another one. Ladies and gentlemen, you have no idea how good it makes me feel to be here today. It is truly an honor to risk my life for you. An honor. Before I jump my motorcycle over these 19 cars. And I want you to note, there's not a Volkswagen or a Datsun in the road. Before I sail cleanly over that last truck, I want to tell you that last night a kid came up to me. And he said, Mr. Knievel, I think you're crazy. That jump you're going to try is impossible. But I already have my tickets because I want to see a splatter. That's right. That's what he said. 
And I told that boy last night that nothing is impossible. See Evil Knievel starring George Hamilton and Sue Lyon. Well, I do two pickup trucks in the end. That's 40 feet, boy. That's right. See Evil's most spectacular jump at Caesar's Palace. Hold it. Don't miss Evil Knievel. It's dynamite. Evil Knievel, rated GP. Now playing at the Uptown Theater, 3426 Connecticut Avenue Northwest. I'm not leaving the house for like two months. Thanks. <laughs> but outside of toys, they were also cashing in on whatever was cool from like a, before there were X Games, yeah. there were sports that were coming of age in the 80s. You like, remember the Rubik's Cube movie? Don't remember that. Yeah. No. no, no that was I don't not. think that was a thing. No, but there were several skateboarding movies because skateboarding culture just sort of exploded in the mid 80s. Yeah. That was part of that whole scene. There was a, a movie with uh, Christian Slater called Gleaming the Cube. Oh my God. Okay. I remember that name. I'll have to go back and see if I've seen it. There was a, a one that was even worse called Thrashing. No. And then there were a handful of, and you tell me, I have a feeling you did this, but there were a handful of BMX bike movies. I was really Were you a, a junior guy? high school. Okay. As soon as, yeah, me too. Well, the problem is at 13 years old, my dad bought a motorcycle. Oh, you don't need a bike anymore. Ostensibly, it was for him, but where is he all day long? He's at work. So, yeah, then at 14, my dad got a dune buggy. Mm -hmm. So at 13 and 14 years old, I was riding motorcycles and driving a dune buggy through the woods. So the BMX bike got so parked. So you, you skipped the stuff that you have to pedal or push. You just yeah. went right to the motorcycle. But motors. at 12 and 13, before the motorcycle, absolutely. I had a Diamondback BMX bike Ooh. and I raced it at our local BMX track. Nice. And I was okay. I was perfectly mediocre. <laughs> I was not great, not bad. We, I think I mentioned, we, we didn't have a track where I grew up, but before I I got into skateboarding, I was into BMX mm. because that was just that time of the mid 80s. And we didn't have a track, but we would still borrow, borrow from borrow. houses being built and a we would make our own courses. Acquire. Yes. Because that's what you did back then. Kids these days, what? Are, right. Oh my God. Is there any kid out there in the United States of America that does that anymore? I know there is, but. That rides a bike? That goes out. And just, <laughs> I want to know, is there any kid no, that rides, rides a bike? No, rides a bike, but you know, goes and makes a track and right. rides on a track or right. jumps and things like that. I and, don't see it. I know it probably happens, but I don't see it. I wonder if hospital visits have gone down <laughs> for kids. As, as we've true come along with our electronics and things, I bet there are fewer visits to the old Just, emergency yeah, room. Yeah, there's for fewer kids falling out of trees. <laughs> All right, well, back to the back 80s. to the eighties where we were breaking limbs and <laughs> yes, stuff like that. Exactly. So BMX was a thing. Yes. Not only were there skateboard movies, there were BMX movies. So I'm going to play a little clip from one, mm. and we'll see if I don't this know. Maybe you never saw no. this, but oh, this what is, year did it come out? This came out in 1986. Yeah, I was already driving. Qualifiers to get to the big one. Each race will get tougher as lesser experienced riders are eliminated. And the 20 racers with the best time will have the opportunity to race Hell Track. Well, right now, let's meet some of the top BMX racers. Right, right, right there. Right there, the most prominent one of all is right there, the number one rider, the ace BMXer of all time, my man. Martin. <laughs> Yeah. 
Okay, I made this one really short because I had a feeling you might not have seen this. And really, this entire movie is just a host of that kind of music montages of them riding BMX bikes and training yeah. and then doing the races and then Wall the qualifying. montages. It's just montage after montage. So there were two BMX bike movies. There was an Australian movie called BMX Bandits, which came out in 1983. It featured a young actress named Nicole Kidman Ooh. as one of the stars. And she was it like a takeoff young. of Mad Max? No, it was, it was not. It was a BMX, yeah. uh, I think... It was like two guys and her. They were all best friends. They rode bikes, and then they got into some trouble with some. Oh, okay. Something was was she old enough it. to say that she was hot at the time? She was. Uh, pr- pr- probably we shouldn't say that. But okay. Yeah, no, she was hot. Let's leave it at that. Then there was this American movie in 1986, three years later, and um, it's just called Rad. <laughs> <laughs> Skip that too. <laughs> Amazingly enough. Now this is one you don't need to watch the movie. Yeah. But the most Amazing, amazing montage of all, of any movie ever made. This even tops Rocky. The song we're about to play was part of a dance scene. Okay, so picture a high high school dance. This would be a Max Bike movie, right? I'm getting there. Okay. It's like a high school sort of dance. It was a dance before the big race, you know, so it was your typical 80s in a gymnasium dance. They start playing this song, and the two lead characters start doing all the freestyle BMX stuff where they're pogoing and all this stuff. And yeah. It's a guy and a girl, and they're doing it together like they're in love and dancing on oh, the dance floor. No. Oh, my God. It is the best, worst thing you've ever seen. It is a love dance with BMX pogoing and freestyling. So this is in the realm of the fad of the air guitar, where people would make fake guitars and take them to the metal shows. Oh my God. This is, uh, just later tonight, you must watch this clip. If you oh, so if you can't find it, I'll send it to you. But this song is playing and um, just amazing. Now, what happened this year, the reason that this has even come up and, and I was reminded of this is our friend Trevor William Church, his band Haunt, put out an EP. It's just a two-song mm. EP, and the name of the EP is Hell Track. Does that that's come the, from na- the movie? That's the name of the track that they did in Rad. He has covered two of the songs from the soundtrack that's and put really it out as specific, an EP. To go back and look for something like that. Yeah. It must have really had an impact on him. And even up. the cover of the EP, the, the artwork, is pretty much the same, like BMX racer, but it's a skeleton. <laughs> so it's... <laughs> And it's got the Haunt logo. and got Eddie. Yeah. Oh, just amazing. Absolutely amazing. So it brought back the memory of the amazing dance scene. And so I have to play this song. Originally, it was by a band from Australia. It was like a new wave kind of thing. But here is a version played by Haunt, Send Me an Angel. So 
Now, do you have any memory of that song? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The that, band was called Real Life. I, yeah. They were an Australian band. This is the only hit in the U.S. No, that was a top 40 radio hit, which I, w- I would have heard it because that's what I listened to in the 80s. So, aha, all the new wave, not new wave, but synth, yeah, synth pop. Consider it new yeah, wave. It yeah. was very synthy, and I was listening to that more than metal. So, the metal came in five, six years later. But, yeah, the mid-80s is all that synth pop like that. I loved it. I did miss the, the angelic voices because that really makes that song different when he sings and they kind of respond and I'm not going to imitate it because I can't. <laughs> Do it. Do it. No, it's way like five <laughs> octaves above that. That yeah, that, I love that song, and that's a staple on like they do uh, a retro '80s lunch program on. Uh, once again, bringing up the local radio station here, they, they brought back the '80s retro lunchtime program, and oh, well, from the 90, retro '90s, yeah, the House of Retro Pleasure. <laughs> so it was a retro show that in the '90s they would play retro '80s music, which was just starting to become nostalgic. It, right. it, it had been the 10, 15 years yeah, that you need. The 10 15 years before you can start to appreciate it. Say it's it. cool again. Yeah. And so that was fun when that was around. You're like, oh yeah, I remember that song and, yeah. you know, Men Without Hats, Safety Dance. You're like, oh my God, I hadn't heard that song <laughs> in 12 years. So that's kind of the same vibe for that song. Well, cool. I didn't know that. I don't remember that song other than yeah. from the film because I I guess at that point I just wasn't really listening to But the much. problem is I have to go look up the video. I can't remember what the video looked like because that was in the day where we would actually well, sit and watch MTV. You don't need to watch the video. You need to watch the movie the, where they play this song now to see the it. love BMX freestyling. Not sure if I want that in my brain. <laughs> it's so good. That sounds horrible. <laughs> it's so but horrible. But it's funny. It is so horrible. It's great. Who sitting the producer or the director sat around oh here's what we're gonna do it'll fill up seven minutes of this movie do you know how many of these bikes we're gonna sell yeah, this movie but we're not gonna have any bikes we're just gonna dance with they're them. not dancing they're on bikes oh they're on I think they said That's they were what I'm dancing saying. without bikes no but they, are, but they were doing the moves no no oh, they were on like all of a sudden the they're bikes, on their bikes the, bike show. Well, that actually, the two of them that and they're pogo they're like pogoing yeah. and doing those little freestyle moves where you try to stay on the bike without yeah. it falling over yeah but they're doing it like as a love scene. Okay, but that makes more sense though. At first, I thought you were saying they were doing those moves, but without. Oh, that's bikes. why you brought up the guitar thing. Yeah. Okay, I'm with you now. You I'm... looked at me like a deer in headlights. I'm like, oh, that didn't yeah. go over very well. I thought it was just Robert being Robert. No, because I. Th- well, that's usually you can assume that. But in this instance, I thought you were saying I they see. were like dancing. No, they were but not miming that they were on bikes. bikes. No, no, they were actually on bikes. All of a sudden, they're on bikes. Okay, it's still weird, but not as weird as I was hoping for. Oh, it's weird. Is it? It's really. Really, really funny. It's amazing. All right, let's move on to another movie that I think is required watching to get out of the decade of the 80s. This is one that blended all the teen movies with the vampire genre. Oh, that came, yeah, 90s kind of smacked you in the face with vampires. We had a lot of horror, great horror movies in the 80s, and they thought, you know what? We should combine these Mm -hmm. things and we'll have something. And they did. They had a hit in 1987. I'm going to play you a clip. I think you already know what it is, but here we go. Ha, 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 ha. 
You miss, sucker. Once, pal. <laughs> You have stumped me, sir. Really? You don't remember Death by Stereo? No. Uh, that was a Corey who said that. Does that help you? One of the Corys. Both of the Corys are in this movie. Feldman and... Um, Haim. Haim. That yes. was Corey Haim who said Death by Stereo. No, I don't remember Death by Stereo. Oh, the Lost Boys. Oh, Lost, I thought you're, that was the name of the movie. I was like, I've never heard of that movie. Oh, Lost no, Boys. No. The Lost Boys. I don't. Yeah. I didn't see it in the movie theater. I think I've already seen Whoa, it. Oh, really? Yeah. I. Oh, wow. I feel like I missed out on that one. That one I do regret not seeing in the movie theater. Jamie Gertz. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was the ultimate teenage horror movie meets '80s brat pack. You had uh, yeah. Kiefer Sutherland as the head vampire. You had all the the Corys. Yeah. I don't know, all 12 of them. I don't know. How many. Was the there, was a, there were a lot of Corys Everybody's named Corey in the 80s. And Jamie Gertz. Yeah. Mm. yeah, I have no excuse for that. I, I don't remember why I didn't, like the BMX movie, obviously there's a reason why I didn't see that. <laughs> but no, that I think I should have seen that. So yeah, I, I've seen it on cable though. And this soundtrack was really popular too. In fact, it was, yes. it was one of those bridge soundtracks where it kind of had some of the goth mm. from the 80s, but more the poppier stuff kind of mixed in with it. It had a door song, which was covered by Echo and the Bunny. Yeah. That's yeah, great. That's we, a good cover. We might have played that before on this program, but I don't care. We can play it again. No, we're going to do something else. This is an awesome cover version of one of the main songs that was on the soundtrack, but it was a an obscure artist, Gerard Mc, McMahon. I, I couldn't even say his name. No? Gerard McMahon. McDude. McDude played this, and it's a big piece of the movie, this song, but I don't know what happened to him after that. He came and went. But we're going to hear a version. He's lost. As done by Forever. LA Guns. Oh.
God, that just brought back a whole bunch of memories. Yeah, the gothiness of that, once again, was lost in me at the time. Didn't learn to appreciate that till many decades later. But now, that's right there in the stuff that I love. It's mm-hmm. dark, rocking, you know, not not too synthy, but it's got some, some salmon balls to it. <laughs> it's um, got some salmon balls. Got some salmon balls. Uh, but the kids' course in the background, that was reminding me of, like, the Tina Turner, We Don't Need Another Hero. There's a few other songs like that. There's the uh, the Russian girl that sang a song. What the hell did you just say? The Russian girl that sang a song? There, she had one hit. I saw it the other day, and I can't remember her name. I'll have to look it up. But she had a big hit that uh, had kind of that same kids' chorus in the background. So that was kind of a thing for a year or two. 87 is when that originally came out. Yeah. And uh, Cry Little Sister is a big part of the movie. It's kind of the theme song, yeah. really, of the movie. And the kids' chorus was creepy because that's the whole thing as they were making vampires out of the kids. Mm-hmm. Oh, such a great movie, man. When you go back, it, it does hold up. It does look very 80s, but at the same time it holds up, it's still it just better. If watch. I'm going back to look at it now, I want it to be yeah. just all 80s. Yeah, it's super 80s feeling. All the mullets. LA Guns, a band that you wouldn't automatically think could carry this mm-hmm. song over. And they do. They do a really good version of it. Ellie Guns is kind of the, they're the like the outlier uh, hair band that was kind of grittier, dirtier, mm-hmm. 
I mean, they had an album called Hollywood Vampire, so they were kind of that really fit them yeah. in a way. But this was actually them in, I believe, the aughts. They did a covers album without Tracy Gunn, so he's not on guitar. That's Stacy Blades on guitar. But it's still Phil Lewis, that mm-hmm. voice, one of the greatest rock and roll voices in my opinion. It did not sound like an L.A. band doing that song. It sounded like it was from the 80s. It was just a heavier version of something from the 80s. I'd say that was a compliment. Yeah, well, I think for L.A. Guns, I think what kind of set them apart from all the other Sunset Strip bands was that Phil Lewis is... English. Yeah. He's from the UK. He's so classy, he, He's a classier he, son of a bitch. He, had a, he of kind of brought that to the Sunset Strip thing. Yeah. He made it cool. All right. So we've talked all 80s movies. I do want to talk about a 90s movies. Okay. A, a 90s movies. A 90s movie. Whatever. And movies. Oh, boy. Here we go. This happened to me last time. Yeah. I just can't You can do it, man. Anymore. You can do it. Come I, on. You're almost there. It. I can make it. Okay. So as the 90s got rolling, just like you were talking about, the nostalgia starts digging up things from 10, 15, 20 years past because that's the cycle that it takes. And in the 90s, we started getting some nostalgic 1970s kinds of movies coming back into themes and nothing, no other movie to me captured the 70s like we thought it was Mm -hmm. in the 90s. Because this is, in the 90s, I was, you were, we were young adults. Mm -hmm. We We, remembered the 70s. We use that in air quotes. Young adults in air quotes. Yeah, we weren't really acting like adults, but we were young enough that they would call us adults. We could have been arrested and sent to jail. Exactly. We could vote. Again. (laughs) But we had experienced the 70s. We didn't really grow up in the 70s. No. We grew up in the 80s. But I think this movie hit the 70s right where we kind of remembered. Mm-hmm. It hit the same spot of, of us remembering the 70s from when we were little. So I'm going to play a very classic clip here. Oh, okay. Let me out. Hey, Slater, you fucking hippie. Give me drugs, man. Get some from your mother, man. Yeah, we just banged your mother. Okay, fuck you, dickhead. Nice, man. <laughs> God, man of the woods, what's going on? God, I haven't seen you so long. My man, what has happened? Long time, no see. <laughs> yes, sir. What have you been up to? Same old shit, man. Yeah? Working for the city. Working man, huh? Been thinking about getting back in school, though, man. Back in JC or something like that? Yeah, man. That's where all the girls are, right? <laughs> but on the other hand, man, I just as soon keep working, keep a little change in my pocket. Yeah? Wait. Rather than spend my time listening to some dipshit who doesn't know what the hell he's talking about anyway. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> so you're a freshman, right? Yeah. So tell me, man, how's this year's crop of freshman chicks look? <laughs> what, you gonna end up in jail sometime really soon? I know that. Fact. No, man. Yeah. No, man, I'll tell you. Yeah. That's what I love about these high school girls, man. I get older, they stay the same age. (laughs) Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Oh, man. Can't get away with that these days. Nope. Well, (laughs) certain people can, but we can't. No, we're not good. That's, yeah. So, you know the movie, yes? Dazed and Confused. Dazed and Confused. Matthew McConaughey. 1993 is when that came out, but I think it captured the 70s pop culture for... You know, our generation. Yep, that was that, what we remember. Like I said, ten to fifteen year window. <laughs> what What do you remember of the seventies? Like do anything? I mean, I was a little kid, right. so everything kind of pop culture is what mm-hmm. I remember. So I remember, you know, Hot Wheels. I remember all the cool cars that yeah. were all the cool muscle cars. I remember the the clothes. 
you know, the bell bottoms, corduroy jeans, corduroys, and Florida, all the things that you saw in this movie. Yeah, I uh, remember how big baseball and t ball and all that stuff, mm-hmm. you know, every small town. And that's what they start this movie off with is they're going to the baseball fields, yeah. and the kids are all wearing their old, like, uh, I don't know, the old uniforms that they don't wear anymore but they did in this film and i remember i really remember there was this um i don't know if you remember these guys they were they were four guys and uh they they had like white faces and they had stuff on do you remember they they, they were pasty they've been indoors a lot there's your second kiss connection with a key i I had to get it in there i wasn't supposed to listen to them because they were evil that was that was horrible devil music is what my mother told me it was Mm mm-hmm Except for the good stuff, those the the disco kiss that was on the radio. I'm like, wait a I, minute, this I, is the band that I'm not supposed to listen to. They're playing disco. This yeah, is grooving. I was made for loving you, baby. <laughs> this is grooving. But that's what I remember of the yeah. '70s. And they even have a part, actually, I think either right before or right after this scene, where they pull up and they had stolen the statues from the I don't know from like the, the town square or something. Yeah. And they painted one up to look like Gene and one to look like Paul. <laughs> <laughs> and see, once again, that was back in the day where you could steal things and it was okay. You could, you're like, okay, yes, go put you know. it back, son. You well, it, know? Was a, it was a movie. But yeah, but still, yeah. you could get away with stuff like that and not be, you know, just run out of town completely. Now, back to the 90s, I had this movie on VHS cassette, and yeah. I used to play this. I don't know if you remember, but we used to play this very frequently when I lived with Larry. Yeah. We would come home hey, from- bro. What's up, bro? What's up, bro? We'd come home from, uh, you know, a late night of just drinking ourselves into yeah. a stupor at Buckhead, and we would come back home, we would you know, make some food, and we would pop this in and watch this. Well, I would have preferred that, because you remember what my roommate- so. For people that don't know, Kevin and I lived in townhouses, one townhouse away from each other. So we a lot of times went out together. We would come home to our respective townhomes. Your roommate watching Days and Confused. Mm-hmm. My roommate watching Deliverance. <laughs> yeah, we. I don't, I don't know that we we did watch The Godfather quite a bit too. It was either like something funny yeah. from the eighties, nineties, or it was Godfather. Yeah. You to know. explain, my roommate and all of our friends were big into kayaking, and in that movie, there's a lot of scenes of white water, and they would all tell, "Oh, that's that spot there. You remember that?" And they would tell stories about it. it wasn't necessarily the movie but then inevitably it would get to that certain scene in the movie mm. and I would you yeah. know, sometimes Horrible. I'd try to go to bed early and then I'd hear them I will not be inserting a clip that right scene. here no. That's, no so you had a much better after party than we did at my townhouse two yeah. doors down from you I mean my roommate was a pot smoking fish listening to no he was he was into other things he liked some of that stuff yeah. but he, he was more of a, you know fragamini he was he was into the godfather he liked his his heritage <laughs> So hey. we'd watch The Godfather or we'd he'd smoke dope and we'd watch, you know, something funny. Yeah. I should have just come over there and crashed on your couch. <laughs> well, you did sometimes. I did, yeah. <laughs> it was two doors away. It was easier than going home. So the soundtrack obviously featured loads of great 70s rock tunes. And actually one of the songs from the soundtrack kind of picked up some traffic again. It got a little, I think there was even a video if I remember mm-hmm. correctly, but I'm talking about the Edgar Winter song, Free Ride. That was one of the main songs and they, I believe, they made a video for it and it got some airplay well, like more airplay in the modern scene three four years after that maybe five years guitar hero guitar hero, guitar hero. Mm-hmm. and they were using that in the advertisements for it so it got a, a pop on you know all the classic rock stations and stuff so they got a couple extra paychecks on that one yeah but we're not going to play the Edgar Winter version that's not what we do we're going to play a very special band it has a dude from Motley Crue a dude from Alice Cooper and two dudes from Kiss. You're not going to top the five Kiss 
connections no. of the last episode. It's your third Kiss no. connection with a K. Yeah. This is a band called ESP, the Eric Singer Project. Oh, that guy. The guy who's playing the drums in Kiss right now. Here's their version of Free Ride Bruce Kulick on guitar. As a guitar player, or a retired guitar player, but as a guitar player, I have been trained to completely ignore the bass line. 
when it comes to music. <laughs> uh, that's my job. Is that right? I just do my own thing. You know, yeah. whatever else everybody else is doing, that's their. What business. are that guy's doing with that one yeah, finger and you're, two? You're notes. looking good. That's fine. I don't care. I'm doing my thing up here. But this is one of those few songs that I really pay attention to, and I don't know when it was. Probably five years ago that it caught my attention, and it, every time I hear the song, all I hear on this song is the bass line because mm-hmm. it starts on the three and. I don't know why that grabs my attention every time. Wasn't that in the original? I think it was yeah, Bill it did, Church. He, yeah, he did this verbatim. I think it was Trevor's yeah. dad. He got away. Ooh, kinky. Um, <laughs> I was like, kinky. <laughs> Bruce brought a little more funk oh, yeah. to that. Well, It so, was the same guitar riff, but he brought a little wah and some funk to there it. There were two guitars there, so not only was it Bruce, but it was also John Karabi, yeah. who was also singing. But yeah, I mean, this band was fantastic. I would, skills. I would almost say that this version is better than the original. You could say that. I'm not, not going to argue guitar, with you who said it. I mean, I love Montrose and yeah. everything he did on the original, but this is just badass. Yeah. And you could tell that these guys love this whole album. It's just the songs that they love playing. And, they were and doing it because they enjoyed it. Yes. Yeah, it's the stuff that they loved, and they're just doing it for the fun of it. This was when Eric didn't have the gig in Kiss, mm-hmm. and he was doing other things. Lots he's, of free time. Yeah, he was playing with Alice Cooper. He was, you know, he's doing his own thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just I think it's a really, really, really strong cover. Yeah, dude, I agree with that. And if I'm wrong on the Bill Church, then I apologize. But I'm not going to ask the staff to do it. They've already left for this mm-hmm. evening, so sorry. It's like, once again, finding help around here. Yeah. Oh, well. Okay. I've got two more for you. We're going back to the 80s. We're going back to 1985. We've played a couple of 85s mm-hmm. here, I believe. And uh, you actually already mentioned, sort of, already mentioned this movie. Well, I talk a lot. So you do. Probably does. Yes. The 80s were full of post-apocalyptic movies. Mm-hmm. Tons of them, because there was this overwhelming threat of Russia or us blowing each other up at any moment Which in the 80s. really petty, because we've got all these other stupid-ass things about to do us in. So. Yeah. I mean, it's still a threat, but it was really, just people were concerned. I, as a kid, I remember thinking about it a lot, mm. because probably because they had all these apocalyptic movies that we yeah. were watching. But yeah, you were always scared that somebody's going to press the button, and that's it. You're, you're gone. The entire world is blown up. We had a very dark way of looking at that, that we lived in the middle of about five military bases, we knew we were first on the list. If anything happened, you were going. Yeah. And so it was one of those things where, yeah, I'm going to live until I don't live. It's not going to be like, oh, what do we do after the nuclear holocaust? No. There was not going to be after that. It was going to be, and it's done. And so that kind of threw us in a different vibe where, yeah, you get hit by a meteor. Yeah, you get hit by a nuclear weapon. What are you going to do about it? Nothing. So we just yeah. went about our business. I, I will admit, I used to be scared to death. When really? I was, when I was a young kid and I, yeah, I knew about it. And like that's It was just scary to me because it was something that you yeah. couldn't control and it was, no, it was horrifying. Talked about, yes, they made movies about yeah. it. On the news every, every day, every night. That's They would talk about the Cold War. It was yeah. such an 80s thing. Reagan and Brandon. And none of it's gone away. They just don't talk about it anymore. No. They don't have it's all time. still there. In fact, there are more, probably more nuclear warheads now than ever. Yeah. Because all got, these I other developed. They're yeah, sitting in the garage. I had to build a new garage. Dude, just I have to put one in the car right now. Exactly. So. so we get great gas mileage. Yeah. <laughs> so the most famous of all of these movies, to me at least, was a trilogy brought to us from the country of Australia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's probably the one continent that would actually survive the apocalypse. <laughs> They're over here just giving us the finger. I don't even know if they can lob of, one over there. A bunch of idiots over there. <laughs> Screw you guys. So I'm going to play a little clip. This comes from the third film in the series. 
Call it underworld. That's where Baratan gets his energy. What, oil, natural gas? Pigs. You mean pigs like those? That's right. Bullshit. Pig shit. What? Pig shit. The lights, the motors, the vehicles, all run by a high-powered gas called methane. Methane comes from pig shit. Have a look. Tell me what you see. I see a big guy giving a little guy a piggyback. Master Blaster. They're a unit. They even share the same name. The little one is called Master. He's the brains. He runs Underworld. The other one is Blaster. He's the muscle. Together they can be very powerful. And they are also arrogant. We want to keep the brain. Dump the body. He's big. How good is he? He can beat most men with his breath. I want to get a closer look at him. How do I get in there? It's a factory, isn't it? Ask for what? I don't know anything about methane. You can shovel shit, can't you? <laughs> yes, you know the movie, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, Beyond Thunderdome. It is Beyond, beyond. Thunderdome. Mad One Max. Step beyond. beyond Thunderdome. Three films, Mad Max in 1979, Road Warrior my favorite in yeah. 81 and Thunderdome in 85 which I would have sworn and, that was later and and Fury Road well that's yes that it, came uh, much dirt, later dirt, dirt, dirt. came much later but that's not really part of the Mel Gibson trilogy true, true. it established Mel Gibson as a major action movie actor which yes. is bizarre because I don't know that the films did that well other than Thunderdome they were more popular looking back yeah, they were more cult In, classic. Infamous, yeah. yeah, yeah. Matt, Ro- the, the first one definitely didn't do squat. I think the second two did okay. Yeah, Road Warrior, I remember because it was one of those movies that I was not allowed to see. Yeah. And I had to sneak and watch it on HBO. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those that I absolutely loved because all the... You had to love it because yeah. they, they took scraps and parts and they made all these amazing vehicles and rode across the desert in them. That was my life. That's kind of what you do now. Yeah, except <laughs> it's lush and green well, where I live. You've been in the desert too. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> once in a while we venture out there. Yeah, but did you go see any of these movies in the theater? No, just Fury Road, the, the last one. So you, said it's the yeah. more recent. Yeah. And I was pissed because which is really good too. I already had a flamethrowing guitar, and everybody goes, "Oh, look at this movie! He's got a flamethrowing guitar. You should make one." I'm like, "Damn it, I did. I was a, I did it before he did." So I was kind of miffed about that. Should we talk about Tina Turner? Of course, always. Tina Turner was in the last one, which was very bizarre for the time, I thought. Yeah. Because she was a huge pop star. Threw for a loop. Yeah, very different for her to be in a movie and then to be playing this character in mm. this movie kind of as the lead badass. Femme fatale. <laughs> yeah, the femme fatale. And I don't know if you remember, we talked about this, but a certain member, lead singer of a band is also in this movie. He plays the guy with the little stick and the little, I don't know, oh. there's a mannequin above his head. dangling a ding dong No. What the hell did you just say? He was in another one. No. No, that was Blade uh, Dune. The, Dune. I'm getting my post-apocalyptic you're getting, you're getting, Yeah, it's he was in thing. Dune. Yeah, no. he was in Dune. Angry Anderson is in this movie. The lead singer, the little guy <laughs> yeah. from Rose Tattoo is in this movie. I did not know that. Yeah. Go back and watch it. He's the he's the little guy that's kind of overseeing a lot of the events of the, the okay. fights and all that stuff. But pretty oh, cool. oh, that MC guy when they were in the dome. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. That's Angry Anderson. Yeah, so we, we've, we've talked about that there was a Thunderdome at Burning Man, right? Oh, yeah, I think you did mention this, but please. Yeah, there, there was a replica of a Thunderdome. Like they did all the fights Iron and Dome, and you climbed up on the dome, and they had the bungee cord type things, right. and they would get two people, mm-hmm. and you had a choice. You could use these foam weapons, which still hurt, and you could beat the crap out of each other, these foam <laughs> weapons, but sometimes you would see people just drop the weapons and just go at it fist fights. <laughs> and so this is, you know, hey, go for it. Knock yourself out. Yeah. There's, there's no rules in desert. The, the same atmosphere. Yeah, and the best one ever was one night we watched two or three fights, and you know, most time people just wear themselves out. People don't understand how tiring it is. But the next people up, they're like, oh, on this end, it's Steve Smith, and on this other side, we've got his wife, Stacy Smith, and everybody's like, <laughs> oh god! And this husband and wife go at it, beating the crap out of each other. I mean, they were not holding back one bit. And the joke was, they're either going to go back to camp and not talk to each other the rest of the week, or they're going to have the best sex they've ever had. <laughs> like how many couples would pay a lot of money That's a lot of therapy right to there. just legally beat the crap out of each other. No repercussions, no jail, no court appearances, but just and they like I said, three rounds. They were exhausted and it was just the best thing ever. Because you knew, like I said, they just you left the toilet seat down, you son of a bitch. <laughs> That's amazing. You know what else is the best thing ever? The song that we got from Tina Turner that yes. goes with this movie, which is a classic. Yes. And we're going to hear... the kids, as I mentioned. See, I'm yeah, thinking ahead. Same thing. I was yep. thinking ahead yep. You mentioned this song already. Yep. We don't need another hero now. We're not going to play the Tina version. We are going to play a version that came out this year by a band that I love, I think you like. They're not obscure. They're so what? really famous, but we don't care because this... That's I would it. never have thought they would have covered this song. Mm-hmm. Here is a version of We Don't Need Another Hero by Ghost.
All right, the other song I said it was a great modern remake of that. That was a more period piece did, interpreted differently. Obviously, it was missing the kids' chorus and it was mm-hmm. missing Tina Turner. But yeah, is Tobias it, Forge doesn't quite come close to her range. Right, but I was imagining <laughs> the movie producers and director had the song at just you know the the raw song and thought you know let's try this way let's try it this way and this was their way of trying to figure out which way and of course tina turner was the best way to go but it's as if they had given it to two or three different groups oh i see like this was a different version yeah from that period but from that period yeah. would that guitar would lead? this work no that's not gonna yeah work. but it's still a good but tina turner obviously the answer is always yes tina turner yeah <laughs> yes when <laughs> given a choice whatever the question is if you have multiple Multiple choice yes. and Tina Turner is one of the letters. That's the answer. That's the answer. Yeah, that's it. Letter T. Yes. T for T. So the like I said, the the solo was very eighties ish, but great. And yeah, uh, Ghost is one of those bands that you just have to go song by song. For me, uh, it's hard for me to give them a blanket. Man, I love that band. I like them, mm-hmm. and some of the songs I really like, and the rest are just kind of eh, okay. So I don't hate. There's a lot of people that feel that. Yeah, way. I don't hate their music. But there's some of the songs I really like. So it's just hit and miss. I like his, I mean, in his own songs, I like just his writing style because it, it always has this sort of late 70s, early 80s kind of vibe to yeah. it, which I, I think that's where he's coming from. He's kind of channeling a that very well. Cult, uh, whatever it may be, like those bands that were just kind of B-tier yeah. bands, which, you know, I love. So anyway, but on his covers, for the most part, they've done a pretty good job of their covers. They've had a couple of EPs out where they do cover this came out this year mm-hmm. on an EP and he's got a few covers and I would never have picked this song for them exactly. to cover. what's that thought process they're sitting around having a beer alright because you and I have been through this when we would talk about and that's some of the worst fights not you and I but <laughs> right. the band just the band in general the, trying to decide general, what to cover yeah because we would do original songs but we always tried to reward the audience with a cover song to thank them for sitting through our originals. And we, and we, yeah, exactly. <laughs> suffering through <laughs> thank our you for suffering. Music. Yeah, we and we tried to do something that was somewhat clever. Yeah, like somewhat. You may know it, but you wouldn't have expected it. Like this, exactly. But yeah, some of the worst arguments. Kent and me usually it's Kent and I, but <laughs> yeah, even Brandon sometimes would roll his eyes and trying to decide what covers to play. Like on the originals, I don't remember doing that a lot. On the originals, there were a few disagreements. But yeah, yeah for the most part, when we things. wrote songs, we did pretty good job yeah. as a unit. But yeah. yeah, so yeah, how did they come up with this one? I don't know. I, yeah, I don't. How did this even end up? In Maybe the it came up on the radio or something. You know, it popped up in a playlist, and they're like, "Oh yeah." What's interesting is, I mean, Tina just passed, and this came out. It came up before, but still, it's like it came out the yeah, year that she passed, right. which is just they bizarre. Knew, they knew something. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my God! Mm. Conspiracy. Yes, ghost. Uh oh. They they actually do talk to ghosts. Mm. Okay, I have one last one for you, and this is a movie that I actually watched Saturday night. The <laughs> Your entire marathon? movie I watched. Yes, after I was kind of oh, you're doing you know, the scroll, flipping you know, through. skipping around, yeah. flipping through. We have that option these days. We got forty but different channels of movies. This one I couldn't find on the free watch. I paid three dollars. <laughs> And I watched this movie from the beginning to the yeah. end is one of my, I think everybody else that's listening to this and, and we'll find out what this movie is. Mm-hmm. will be like, really? That's one of your favorite movies that's, of all time. But yes, it is. Okay. This actually is. I love this movie. I saw it, I think only on HBO. I don't believe I saw this in the theater, but when I saw it on cable sometime 85, 86, I thought this is what college is going to be like. Yeah. And I hope my roommate is Val Kilmer. Mm-hmm. 
What's all this supposed to be? This? This is ice. This is what happens to water when it gets too cold. This? This is Ken. This is what happens to people when they get too sexually frustrated. <laughs> this should keep you busy for a while. This plus your regular class load should turn your brains to tapioca in less than a month. Oh, Kent, that is so unfair. And we were going to make you king of the winter carnival. Yeah? <laughs> oh, ha, ha, ha. And I suppose you're in on this, too. Did you make this stuff? I'm not saying. Well, who's going to clean it up? You don't have to. It's going to go from solid form directly to gas. Whoa. Really? What is it? I'm not saying, but I can tell you that it's fairly rare and very unstable. Just like you. <laughs> We're all just a bunch of degenerates. We are. What about that time I found you naked with that bowl of jello? You did not. This is true. <laughs> I was hot and I was hungry, okay? And anyway, I got news for you, Knight. You're not number one around here anymore. <laughs> number one what? Mighty Mouse over here beat replacement scores by over 20 points. Yeah, you did. Well, I guess you think you're pretty hot stuff, huh? No. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, maybe you are smarter than me. But can you do this? Okay, do you know this movie? I do not. You know, I thought Val Kilmer only did one movie in in the eighties. Yeah, yeah. In eighty six, he was in a little movie that did a little better than this one. He played some volleyball. Yeah, that's all I remember. Now that was him mm, in Ice. He dream. played Ice Man. That's what was throwing me off. He said Ice. I'm like, no, <laughs> this is not part of that movie. I don't remember that. No, this was real genius. Uh, no, you never seen real no. genius. Oh my god. No. So it's about this kid who is super smart. Mm-hmm. He's 17, yeah. 16, 15, somewhere around there. And anyway, they put him in college. And his roommate was the previous smartest guy in the college, Val Kilmer. Uh-huh. But Val Kilmer's turned into this like total college party guy. And it's just, you know, it's funny. He doesn't it's, care about being smart. He doesn't anymore. care. Yeah. He doesn't care about being smart. And, you know, it, lots of weird things. There's a guy that lives in the closet who was the smart guy from the 70s who lives in the closet. <laughs> And uh, that comes into play later in the movie, yeah. but it's so it's like Revenge of the Nerds. It's sort of Revenge of the Nerds, but cooler. Cool, yeah. Like they make the smart guy really funny and cool, mm. but at the same time he's the smart guy. But then the kid is the dork, and but he yeah. takes him under his wing, and you know all that kind of stuff. I just thought it was great because I wow. saw this in nineteen eighty five, eighty six. I yeah. was you know, and you empathize with it because they were talking about taking you out of high school, and they were yeah putting you straight to college. They, right? Yeah, they totally did. Right to Clemson, you go. No, they were talking about putting me in military school but that's a whole different story i got that speech really oh yeah you got that speech oh yeah when i because i did horrible in math one year it was pretty that was that was it that was it you got military school threatened because oh my I, because i was becoming a heavy metal kid oh i had the long hair i was growing my hair out okay so they, I was they wearing were black to all, it off all the, the time. Yeah, I was wearing black. My grades were starting to go, uh-huh. and my dad sat me down. He's like, "Tomorrow, yeah, you're gonna put on a collared shirt. 
we're going to go to the barber and they're going to cut your hair above that collar. And then I'm going to take all those tapes that you have uh-huh. and I'm going to have those for about two months until you get your grades up. And if oh. those grades don't come up, there is a military school about an hour away and you will be attending it next year. That was I, verbatim. I, I bet I was, was going to say that sounds exactly like it was and he admitted. meant it. Like I, said that it look, I said it in dad voice too. Yeah. You said, really, I was getting kind of scared. <laughs> but the look in your dad's face, like you had probably had not seen that look in yeah, a long time. He like, was serious. You're like, oh shit. Yeah. And I was like, really? Really? For that? Am I that bad of a yeah, kid? For, really? Just for that. Just because you don't understand. What, but yeah. It all worked out. You know, he saw my band play this yeah. year. I'm 50. Oh yeah. Everything, everything. <laughs> You've totally screwed up your life, Kevin. Oh, my God. Get your act together. But I loved this movie back in the day, and the very last scene. That's the best story. I'm sorry. I'm still (laughs) I can't believe I haven't heard that. All these years. I've known you for 25 years, 28 years, and this is, wow. I did get my haircut, too. You did? I had to grow it back out. Well, yeah, I I had two or three instances where my dad told me to get a haircut, and I would come back home. And he was like, I told you to get a haircut. I did get a haircut. No, you didn't. And my mother would step in. She's like, it's fine. So she saved my ass several times for having a And I'm sure it wasn't even long. No, it was was just a mullet. It (laughs) It was a mullet. And it was like a Don Johnson fluffy mullet. It wasn't a stringy belly. Our parents were actually trying to save us from the photos that we would have 20 years later of mullets. It wasn't that we were being degenerate. Like, they knew, yeah. like you're going to be really embarrassed about this. They couldn't say it, but they were like, "No, you have a mullet." And 20 years from now, somebody's going to make fun of your. Think ass. about when they were kids; their crazy haircuts were crew cuts, right? And it's okay. That still looks okay, you know, right? Or the slick back, the slick back that actually hair. looks cool these days. I do my hair like that. Was that. cool then too. You do, yeah. So, oh were, man, they were right all these years later. So, all right, back to this movie. So, the final scene in this movie, the whole point of it is that they're working on this laser. A laser. laser yes, quotes. Yes, air quotes. So they're working on this laser, <laughs> one that could basically vaporize somebody from space. Mm-hmm. They don't know that's why they're making it. They're just doing it because they're smart kids mm-hmm. and they're working on a laser. But the guy that they work for at the college is actually working with the military. They're going to mm-hmm. use this thing to zap Probably the Russians. People. Yes. Because they're going to they zap people from space. And so they find this out at the end of the movie yeah. and they have to get back at the guy. And sabotage and it. Sabotage it. So they do. And they reroute where the laser is going to go instead of the the test range where they're finally testing. Spoiler alert. I'm spoiling the movie. I'm sorry. Go ahead. It was made in August of 1985, (laughs) but yes. So anyway, but I need to say this. So they reroute it to hit his house, like the Dean's house. Oh, the ultimate college prank. Ultimate college prank. And they have loaded the house with corn. And so when the laser hits the house, the entire house starts popping and there's just like crazy amounts of popcorn that they had to bring in to do this scene. Mm. And at the end, this song comes on and all the kids in the neighborhood are running and diving into the popcorn. It had to be really fun to make this scene because basically they're just, I mean, thousands of pounds of popcorn pouring out of this. I'm sure a lot of it was probably styrofoam or something, but still. Yeah, that's how you get ants. (laughs) But anyway, it's a great way to end the movie. And then this song is playing. It is a Tears for Fear song. It was a big hit, but it's in this movie. So uh, which one? I'm, I'm not going to play the version that I had on my very so first cassette it? tape. It's from the album Songs from the Big Chair. Mm-hmm. It's Everybody Wants to oh, Rule the one. World. Okay. Huge hit. I'm going to play a band covering this song who is a huge band. We've never played them on this show before because they're probably too big to be on this show. But yeah. you know what? We always find a way. It goes with the theme. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there's a will, there's a way. Here's a version played by Weezer. Nice.
Do they have a covers album? That's what this came off of. Okay, I, I seem to remember that. And I also remember hearing that going, damn, that's Weezer? <laughs> it shows the talent. I mean, they obviously play it off as, you know, just kind of jangly, jangly, pop, I almost say punk, but in that realm of, yeah, I don't really care. I'm just playing what I think, you know, I want to play. And then you hear stuff like this. I'm like, God, these guys really have some skills. I really like Weezer. Always have. Always thought they were talented dudes. Mm-hmm. They have their own niche for yeah. what they do. That's supposed and to I have like a hard it. time. Like, they're not punk. They're not pop, but yeah, it's poppy. They're, they're power pop. Power pop, whatever. Yeah, I like it. They this album, the Tears for Fears album, songs from the Big Chair, mm-hmm. very first cassette tape I ever owned. This it would be a desert island album for me. Yeah, it's one of my top albums of all time. I think it was just two months ago I went through all their stuff and was and listened to that album start to finish a couple of times, like back to back. Just it's let it so keep rolling. Good and the songs that you don't know that weren't his mm-hmm. are really good. And in the eighties, I only heard what was on the radio. I didn't go back and you know get their albums at the time. But that still was one of those bands that I really liked. This was the first album. I mean, it was a cassette tape, but it was the first yeah. time I listened to a full album. Mm-hmm. Until then, I had some records, yeah. but I would only put it on the songs that I wanted to listen to. Mm-hmm. But when I got my cassette player, my boombox, it was hard to do that. I just put it in. Yeah. I would, you know, it would be on in the background, and I'd listen to the whole album. So mm-hmm. this is, I can say, the very first album that I ever listened to all the way through. I think the wall for me. Well, listen to the wall, start to finish. I mean, I, I had tapes and cassettes of bands, but like you, it, they were to me. I looked at them as a collection. Of of individual songs yeah. and I like some didn't like others and we used to, I don't know about you but we used to like tape off the radio the songs that we liked yeah. so we'd have these mixtapes uh, absolutely I still have them like The Police I yeah. never owned a Police album until probably the 90s mm-hmm. because all I had was the songs the singles I love yeah. The Police but I only knew the singles the hits I think I've, I've mentioned this before my sister gave me one that had the cars on it and it was uh, taped off the radio or something like that and the cassette ran out at, in one of the songs mm-hmm. and to this day every time I hear the rest of the song you on the radio. You expected to cut yeah, off. Yeah, I expected to cut off at this one point. I'm like, oh, that's, oh, that's nice. Yeah. Very nice. Yes, that was a, uh, a tape error yes. that you could make. If you didn't know what you were doing, yep. you didn't time it just right, you're going to run it's, out. You better have a little space at the end versus yeah. too little. You know, early mixtape errors mm-hmm. that you make. But you learn. And you would break the little tab off so you didn't accidentally record over it. Then, then you, you would, put a piece of tape Then you get it. mad piece of scotch tape at the it. person you gave it to, so you're going to tape over it. Yeah, there's just this routine you had to go through. Oh, yes. The 80s. Mm-hmm. We covered a lot of them today. Yes, good times. That was uh, also an 85 movie, so five of, no, I'm sorry, three of the movies we covered mm-hmm. today were from 1985. That was a pivotal pivotal year. It was really on the beginning of oh, time to grow up. Tr- yeah, transition time for me. That mm-hmm. was me going from middle school, getting ready for high school and starting to appreciate mm-hmm. you know, Women. movies more and music more. <laughs> Women? Yes. Because once again, to, yes. in 1985, I discovered senior women. I was a sophomore, but then all of a Didn't sudden... Didn't they look like women to you back yes, then? Yes, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. I went from junior high yeah. school women to, oh, hi, Majorette, Deanna <laughs> Robbins, that I get to ride to school with you every day. Well, I remember going to because we didn't have middle school we had junior Junior high high. yeah and i remember our junior high started seventh grade Mm -hmm. i remember going seventh grade and i saw the ninth grade girls and i was like those are women yeah (laughs) like ninth grade girls they look like women so mature god (laughs) oh boy yeah put me in a room full of that age women please shoot me (laughs) oh god even high school and college age women just shoot me right now i don't want to be anywhere near that it's just so crazy how those three years made a big difference to you back then no it it, it was there was a lot going on in those there three was years. a lot going on. You're right. There's <laughs> Bet- a lot of change between 15 and 18. Yeah, yeah, you're right about Bless that. Bless their hearts. <laughs>
<laughs> I don't usually say this to girls. Your age. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> creepy. Yes. In the good old days when you weren't creepy, you're talking about that. <laughs> Every song was about a high school Every girl. Every girl, Back yes. in the day. Crazy. Weird. Yes. Anyway, that's what I have for you. The crossover event. Yes. So normally over. I wait till the episode comes out. I listen to it and then stop along the way and take deeper dives into the bands that I like. Now this one, I got to stop and watch a movie. Mm-hmm. A lot yeah. of movies. Should be very quick for you. Yes. But tonight, you have to go and just go to YouTube, put in Send Me an Angel rad rad and you will get the most amazing is it one d or two d's no it's one d one d mm-hmm. okay rad was the other thing rockers against drunk driving the well, r-a-d-d that's true yeah. getty lee was doing commercials for them <laughs> insert here yes well al yes good do you like beer yes i i don't drink a lot of beer maybe just two or three times a day <laughs> but uh how about you when i come off stage I really, really enjoy an ice cold beer, yeah. as you know. Great. Like a little reward. I know when Charlene and I uh, have a big argument, she throws a beer in my face. So that, I like that because it's refreshing. <laughs> and I feel cooler afterwards. <laughs> I, I think I might have peed a little bit when you did that. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> And that's a great way to end this evening. Yes. Until next time, people. See you. Later!